Hello friends and welcome back to the Create Magic Podcast. This is another creative weirdos installment where I talk to my creative and weird friends about weird and creative stuff. Today I am super stoked to have uh, my friend Jonathan Dodd, the amazing artist, on to talk about all kinds of stuff from creative blocks to uh, some amazing family stories and what happens when we die. So yeah, check this one out. Go support Jonathan's work in any way you can. I'm sure y'all already follow him over on Instagram, but it's definitely one of my favorite follows. He makes just these beautiful cryptid paintings and drawings and yeah, just go check check it all out. I'll link it all below and enjoy this conversation. I uh, walked away from it being super inspired and I hope y'all do too. Uh, Until tomorrow, I hope you have a great day. I will talk to you then. And yeah, try and make something. Why not? Have a good one. Bye. like i don't know it's been so many months since our last interview so you were the second person i talked to for this podcast as far as interviews go and now i'm probably up to like (laughs) 20 or 30 and uh it was before i knew how like the technical side of this works so i lost the whole the whole interview it's the only one i've lost completely so uh sorry about that but thank you for making time to come back and uh, i'm definitely glad to be here thank you very much um yeah, that that yeah. was pretty wild. Like, I think we had a pretty good conversation, though. Like, I was like, I think, I think we. Ta- I don't have no idea what we talked about, but I'm pretty sure we we were talking about some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, we hit on <laughs> some really cool stuff, dude. I was so bummed to to lose that, and like, I'm not worried about replicating it at all here. No, I think no. We can find plenty of uh, fun stuff to talk about, but it's one of those uh, I haven't. I've only lost one other episode, like half of it, and I didn't care about that nearly as much. Like this conversation, I was like, man, <laughs> this is a bummer. But uh, but yeah, I'm stoked to do this again. And we were just chatting before I hit the record button, kind of about where you are and what's going on with y'all, with you in general. And you were mentioning that you've been hitting a little bit of a creative slump, and it's funny. And I didn't even say this right off the bat. We're weren't recording but i've been experiencing a creative slump myself the last like month or so and i mm-hmm. i'd love to hear about how that like looks in your life or how, how you handle those things oh geez um I, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's been a little bit difficult and, and it's not like um it's not like the projects i've been getting haven't been like interesting it's just me in my life, like I'm, I've just kind of slowed down a little bit, I feel like. And it's been kind of like a, a self-induced, um, rest period. Um, and I have a real, uh, I think we, yeah, we talked a little bit about this before, but I, I just have a really hard time like stopping. Like I have to like keep going and going and going. So, um, when I kind of like hit this little bit of a roadblock, I was like, man, I, I think I just need to like rest for a minute. <laughs> And as, as weird as that sounds to somebody like us, like who are just like constantly making things, like, I think it has helped a lot. Um, also 
something that I, I noticed, um, what, when I was, or actually it was yesterday, I think yesterday I started like doing sort of like mimicking the, um, painting style that I started with all this cryptid stuff. Like it, like the, um, you know, like with the iPad, they have like those, like, Mm -hmm. you know, preset brushes and stuff like that. Um, I just went back to the first one that I ever used and I was like, okay, well, so like, just like kind of going back to the basics a little bit, almost kind of like sparked me a little bit more. And I was like, all right, I could do this again. Like, I mean, I can keep doing this. I can churn some of these out. So yeah, I did actually, I, I did like two, uh, cryptid paintings, uh, in the old Jonathan Dodd style. And I, you know, I put them out there. I think uh, I put one out yesterday and one out today and I'm like, I'm pretty happy with them. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you know, coming back out of it, but yeah, for a while there, yeah. Like, like we were saying, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit difficult to like churn out work like I used to. That that's so it's awesome to see you coming towards the end of that tunnel, man, and see the, uh, you know, being able to see the light at the end of it's always nice. But was that response different for you this time when you hit that wall before and like you weren't feeling it instead of taking that time to rest and kind of like, you know, have some self self care time? Would you have tried to push through that before? Um, I probably would have jumped to something completely different. Okay. Um, if I, sense. if I hadn't, well, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of backstory, I guess. Um, I'm working on a project that I need to sort of use that painted style for. So I kind of needed to come back to it and I just wasn't feeling it. And I think that's where the creative block happened. That um, and then, so what I needed to do was just kind of rediscover what I loved about that and like the simplicity of it. Dude, um, absolutely but you know, f- kind of falling back in love with the original way you came to it is uh, a beautiful way to put it because i really think there's something similar to that you know and when you yeah. stop uh having that feeling it can be hard to reignite sometimes yeah definitely um do you find that like with your um you know like commission work do you do you have trouble like finding that same spark as you know the the stuff that you do like just in your spare time like the more philosophical like goblin cartoons and stuff like that like oh, what yeah. do you think yeah yeah no so i it's funny because i'll tell people i'm in a creative block like i'll be talking to like jordan from uh, campfire tales or people like that and i'm like man i'm real <laughs> stuck right now he's like what are you talking about you just posted like you know four things that are awesome <laughs> you don't i'm like well yeah those don't count they're like my daily journals that's like my like that's my me time that i do those in but like you know 80 percent of the rest of my uh work time is doing stuff for other people and i definitely go through I'm real lucky with like Brandywine, my main gig with the illustrations for the coffee company. I get to kind of art direct myself and pick what I'm working on. But I even get stuck with that. Like, okay, so we're doing like a bunch of Christmas stuff right now. And uh, I'm doing like a 12 spooky nights of Christmas coffee, coffee box where each one has like a different, (laughs) like it's mimicking the 12 nights of of, uh, Christmas. And it's really fun. But like, 
I was stuck. I got to like uh, night number five and I was like, man, <laughs> what do I do? Like six, what seven, what? Like I don't, and like it literally took like seven or eight days for me to work past that. And just kind of like, it, it, I can't tell you why it happened, but yeah, I have, I don't get stuck like that in the personal work really. Like I, I, so the main way that I do stuff for like the daily drawings is I just have like a notebook like this that I keep while I'm listening to podcasts or reading other books. And I just have quotes and quotes and quotes and quotes. And when I'm like doing drawings, a lot of times I'll start with the drawing and then I'll be like, oh, I think this will work with this quote I wrote down from a couple of days ago from this podcast. So like, I feel like I just have endless material and I'm always like, I'm like kind of itching to get back to that stuff when I'm working mm -hmm. on the other stuff. And that's yeah. where I'm like, oh, maybe I should access that. And I'm like you were saying, I'm real bad at taking those like, personal minutes to be like wait a second i should just go like lay in the grass and stare at the sky or like just go do anything <laughs> yeah. that's not like sitting at a drawing table and like yeah. yeah luckily the kids are really good at that they break me out of it because once i go inside like the kids are there and got to pay attention and like give their energy so it's not like a break like it's not like a resting time but it is a way to break that kind of like you know uh mm -hmm. attention that the the art can take um but yeah, do you do you find that, like, you know, in your personal work that you're not doing for clients and everything, do you find and this is something I've been asking a lot more people, do you find uh, uh, more of a need to share that stuff these days? Like I have a sketchbook that like no one's ever going to see. And like I have so much work like that. Do you keep a sketchbook that no one's ever going to see? Like how much personal work do you do that's just for you? Um, that's just for me. Um these days actually not a ton um like i i have like totally you know bought into this you know like churn out stuff to show people um mm, me too. like I, I mean it's it's uh i mean it's it's fun to do for me like i i like to see people interact with my work um so i mean Absolutely. if i'm if i'm creating something i'm probably nine times out of 10, unless it's totally terrible, I'm probably going to put it out there to <laughs> just see, you know, you know, find out what people think of it, you know, totally, and, it, and if, totally. you know, if it totally flops, I'll be like, well, maybe not, maybe don't put that out again, you know? Well, one of the things I love about following you is that you do play with a lot of different styles and I can kind of see when you're like having fun with something that, you know, maybe a little bit different than what you normally do. And like, I, I love when, I love when you can see people have fun with different things that like it might be a little bit out of their wheelhouse or a little bit le uh, less of what they do for client work or things like that. Do you find doing things that are a little bit different help kind of break those creative blocks for you sometimes or just kind of get definitely getting out and of, like yeah. even even if it's not like such even if it's not like, you know, like a total like roadblock for me, like sometimes mm -hmm. I just need to like switch things up just because I feel like maybe I have some sort of ADD of some sort. Um, like I, I feel like I just need to like jump from thing to thing. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a project person at heart. So, I mean, like I'm, it's not even just drawing, like sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, create, you know, something out of wood, you know, or like, yes. um, I don't know. I went through like a weird phase where I was making cigar box guitars like for no Amazing. reason, like I don't even play the guitar. <laughs> like I didn't, I couldn't even use these things, but I was making them. That's amazing. Um, I love that. Uh, so, but just like, just experimentation like that and just like doing like, to like totally off the wall things that, um, I might not, you know, 
ever do again. Like, I'm not going to make any more cigar box guitars. I'm sorry. Totally. I, it was fun, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to do, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing some, you know, paintings. Um, yeah. But yeah, Did you're you right. That a- stuff like that definitely helps to, to, you know, catapult you down the road that you should be on, you know? Yeah, totally. Did you find a project like that during your kind of uh, self-required break there? Was there anything like like you were working on outside of art that kind of took took some of your time away? Oh, yeah. And honestly, I feel like one of like my my bigger passions like through through high school and college was filmmaking. And I don't do cool. that. At, I don't do that at all anymore. Like, I mean, I, I like it. I love watching films. I love to think about writing films and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But I, every time, you know, I think about making something, I'm like, mm, maybe not. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that that may have been a time where, you know, I was putting a lot of effort into one certain type of art form that I probably should have been putting my time into something else probably you know just art in general um i can remember actually in um in college uh one of my teachers i was a figure drawing teacher and she came up to me and she asked me what my major was going to be and i said filmmaking and she looked at me like i had like three heads she was like (laughs) you draw you draw too well to be into the film (laughs) i was she was like a she had a really really like heavy russian accent and she was like you were you know very, very good at drawing to be into the film. And I was like, Amazing. oh man, uh, that's, that's kind of, but yeah, I mean, I think about that quote a lot actually. <laughs> so, Dude, and that's to so answer funny. your question, I think, yeah, I think that was probably a time where I, I wasted a little bit of time, a little bit too much time. But, you know, it probably added to your overall creative life as far as like, you know, I, I, dude, I waste so much time with shit. Like, like I have behind my computer a wall of puppets that I made because I got really into puppet making for a while and I don't know why okay. or have no use for them and they're horrible. And honestly, they kind of scare me. But, um, <laughs> but I, like, I, I, I like, I feel like there's just these things that like you kind of stumble upon and you're like, yeah, I just had to do that for a minute. But it's interesting you said the movie, like, your art teacher said that because i was just listening to an interview with uh jeff darrow the comic book artist who did like hard boil with frank miller and like Mm. he's done a bunch of he's just one of the most detail oriented illustrators out there his shit's crazy but he gets paid for all these big movies and like he does like close-up frames for like a lot of the frank miller movie adaptation the adaptations of all the stuff he did Mm -hmm. he'll like hire jeff darrow and that's how that dude like you know makes a that's he comics aren't paying his his bills like that's what pays his bills forever is like the little bit of drawings he did for those Frank Miller movies and stuff. And like, that's something I would have never even thought of. So like, you know, like maybe you're you, you, making movies wasn't the, the path for you, but like there's plenty of opportunity. And I know you do uh, work with small town monsters. So you, you found your way into the, into the media side of things. Yeah. You know? It was, <laughs> was kind of like a good, a good little marriage there for, um, for that type of work. Cause I mean, I understood what it took to, you know, tell a story visually. And so what they would do is they would send me clips. Like Seth would send me clips of like, um, you know, whatever, you know, the interview was that they, they needed content for. And then I would go through and I would like create storyboards basically. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it, I say, yes, I did waste a little bit too much time in that world, 
but then coming back to it as an illustrator, it definitely helped out a ton. So yeah, you're, you're totally Totally. right. Did you, was movies like the first thing you were really into as a kid? Was it movies, comics? Like what was the first media that got you really stoked uh, growing up? Um, well, I think, um, it was probably a little bit of both movies and comics. Cause I mean, I can remember both, you know, as a very, very little kid being into movies and comics. So, um, but, but actually I feel like, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, what, <laughs> what you do to keep your kids occupied when you need, when you need some time for you. And I was telling totally. you about my dog, my dog who needs his Kong bone every time I need to do something. <laughs> um, they, my parents would give me a movie to watch. They would sit me down in front of the TV and I would watch, yep. you know, like the wizard of wizard of Oz for like the 500th time. So like awesome. that was like my that was my go to movie when I was like two years old. Um, so I think I think probably movies were you know ingrained in my brain from like day one. So. Absolutely, that's so cool. And like, I mean, I was a movie kid. I was the same way. I was movie TV all the time. And like, yeah, when I started drawing, it was via like I wanted to draw The Simpsons or I wanted to draw Disney characters. Like I was obsessed with like Disney's Robin Hood, and I wanted to draw those foxes all the time. And like that was like those were the things that I was movie. super into. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I tried to show my kids that the other day, and it didn't. My my uh, five year old Teddy is just not a movie guy. Like he just doesn't mm-hmm. like he doesn't want any movies. Like new movies, old movies. The only movie he's ever sat through almost all the way was the new Buzz Lightyear movie because there was a robot cat and he loves robots and cats and all he wanted to do was see the robot cat. Saw the robot cat and he was <laughs> like, "Dad, this is to the boring. robot cat part, Dad." Exactly. And then he was like, "Dad, this is boring. Turn it off." Like I, he wants nothing. But I still try and show him like little things here and there as he's getting older and like he is just so. But, but it's one of those things that's so funny to watch them react to it because he's just like, what the hell were you? This is what you were into, Dad? Like, he's already got that face <laughs> on at, at five. I'm like, yeah, you know. But is yeah, that, no, Does that I, hurt your feelings? When, when uh, you're like yeah. so passionate about a movie and you want to just show it to your kid and then he's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I've got, I, my skin's gotten much thicker in the five years that uh, I've been hanging out with Teddy. I, I don't take offense <laughs> to it anymore. I bet. It, it, I, I now know that if it's not Mystery Doug or Legos, then he wants no, nothing. Like all he wants to do is learn about science and Legos. And it's awesome. Like, so Mystery Doug's That's like cool. a science YouTube show where this kids ask like a, uh, a science teacher about different shit like uh, carnivorous plants and space and so i'm learning all kinds of stuff that i may have known at some point or <laughs> relearning who knows but it's super it's been super fun um but yeah it's definitely a different media scape than when we grew up i feel like for sure and I'm, i'll be interested to see how all of that plays out but uh what was the like first stuff the... you started oh go ahead sorry i was gonna say i no, feel no. like it's just the immediacy of everything that like all the content that's coming out now is just like, it seems like, um, sorry, my dog is drinking water really, really loud. Can you hear that? Oh, it's all good. <laughs> I, I love it. It's like a little ASMR. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. Okay. Sorry. Good one, Moose. No, don't worry about anyway, it. Anyway, dude. Um, I'm, what I was saying though, is I, I feel like the, the way we consume stuff now and the way kids are consuming stuff now is so much different than what we were. And like the attention spans are so much shorter and you have to be able to pack so much like into like a, you know, like five minutes, you know, even probably even less than that. I don't know what the attention spans are, but, um, 
like I mean, we could sit down and you know watch a, a two hour movie when we were kids, or we could sit down and watch a thirty minute you know cartoon. What are they doing now? <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like YouTube, like five no, minute YouTube videos. Yeah, no, a uh, a fifteen minute or a, like a standard. 20 minute 22 minute episode is really long for for my kids like even if you watch like the mickey mouse and stuff like that now they're all 15 minute uh episodes smashed together so like it's like two 15 minute episodes that are one 22 or half hour episode where for us it was all just one 22 minute episode with commercials you know like that was always so it's definitely very different um and i think it's gonna have like i definitely think there's some things that are I have a knee jerk reaction to say are negative, but then when I see how my kids actually interact with stuff, I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm just viewing this completely wrong. And maybe like, this is actually going to be not as big of a deal as I, as, as I make it out to be in my brain. But yeah, um, it's one of those things that like, I, I think a lot about with like Teddy will grab my iPad and he'll start drawing with my iPad and the stuff he makes. I'm like, Oh, holy shit. I can't imagine being five and making that like, and he feels like I can feel him be really proud of himself more like, and he still loves to draw with like pencil and paper and very tactile more than the iPad. But when he takes the iPad and does his thing, he's like, Oh wait, this is like a whole nother level. And I'm like, Oh, it's so weird seeing him like kind of (laughs) comprehend that. But he always goes back to the pencil and paper and he still prefers like crowns or markers and that I'm like, Oh yeah. So humans are still humans. Like I think it's still like, you know, even if the attention spans are shorter or different things are changing, like at the end of the day, from like a creative life, they still want to do the analog stuff more than the digital stuff. And that's interesting too. That's cool. No. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I feel I feel bad because I I haven't done more of that. Like I want to, I want to get back into you know painting with you know like acrylics and canvases and brushes. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been you know sitting with the iPad for a couple of years now, and it's mm-hmm. like all right. But every now and then I will go back to that, but it's like few and far between. And but every time that I do it, I you know I feel you know very good about it. Yeah, yeah. And do you think? Do you think there's something to that resistance that makes it feel like extra good when you do it? Uh, resistance to what? Like the, like the resistance to going back to that old like analog style. Like, do you think it feels that's like one of the things that makes it feel good is that like uh, surpassing the convenience of the iPad, I guess is kind of what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's, it's like a throwback really. Um, and and I mean, that's where I learned how to paint. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's also, you know, I haven't tried this yet, but, you know, when I have the creative block, maybe, you know, not just going back to the style that I started with on the iPad, maybe I go back to the the canvas, yeah. you know, and, and start there and then try to, you know, find the spark there. And then maybe that'll, you know, boost me on to doing, you know, the work that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> but, I think that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I think that's cool. And there's probably something to that because, you know, doing as much of the uh, physical drawing and stuff, like I, I don't do nearly as much as I'd like either. And like I still start out like all the drawings I make still start out in a sketchbook and I still 
I still have trouble sketching on an iPad. Like I still, I can do it for like certain things, but like when I'm really trying to come up with something, I still prefer, I usually work on lined paper cause I feel like that's what I did in school. And like, I have that mm-hmm. like same energy of like, you know, doodling in class and stuff, but like, I don't do nearly enough. Like once I get it to where I can put it on the iPad, I go to the iPad and there's a lot of me times where I'm like, yeah, I should just ink this by hand and then color it on the iPad. And, but I just don't because I, you know, that convenience is so hard to overcome, but I feel like when you do, you do feel that gratification. But I think there is something to that, like going back to where it all started because there's like a nostalgia to it. Like there's like, I think that's why I Mm -hmm. like the pencil and paper for that creative part is because it ties back to that innocence. And like when I watch like my five-year-old drawl and just like go crazy and make these wild, I'm like, Oh yeah, I need more of that. Like that's what I <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm missing on a day-to-day basis and like <clears throat> there is something to like going back to where it started and and doing it that way. Uh, did you start like a uh, pen and like a uh, pencil and paper like once you started taking it a little bit more seriously and like making, you know, uh more drawings that you put more time into, did you like to start with pencil or were you ink paint? Like how did you start making pictures? Um, as a kid, I mean, I would just, you know, use is normally just a pencil and paper. Um, sometimes yeah. I would have an ink pen. Uh, sometimes I would have, um, you know, like some Sharpies or, you know, colored pencils or something like that. But that was basically it. Um, I can remember like on, you know, long car trips, my, you know, my dad would be like, get some stuff to entertain yourselves. Uh, so me and my brother would, would get, you know, like we'd stacks of comic books and some, uh, VHSs to put in like the little thing that we had in the the car that sat like in between the the two front oh, yeah. seats. It was like a VHS player, like random like '90s technology. Uh, then we would I would have like this big notebook with you know like computer paper and then just like tons of pencils and pens and all kinds of stuff. So trips were uh, were definitely a time to like you know just sit and draw and you know mad whenever you go over a bump and I ruined my entire masterpiece. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. So did you uh, make stuff with your brother, the whole, like your whole childhood growing up and everything? Oh yeah. Um, my brother's name is Joe and uh, he and I are very close. Uh, still are to this day. Um, frequent collaborators. He's a very creative person as well. He likes to write. Uh, he likes to think of stories and, um, it's awesome. And yeah, I mean, we, we've always been that way where we'll, you know, just be sitting around and like start telling stories to each other. And, um, uh, even like, you know, back in the day, like he would make up a story and I would illustrate it. So, I mean, we would, and then when we got into filmmaking, you know, we would write a story and then we would create the film and then put it together and show our friends and stuff like that. So we've always been, He's always been super close and always been collaborators. That's awesome. That's so special. Like I, yeah, I, I have no, um, reference point for something like that, but it's something I've often wondered about. Like I, I have a brother that we're pretty, we're a little distant in age, but, uh, also very distant in interest. So is, uh, <laughs> never had that kind of relationship. And I've had like some close collaborators on the music side of my life that are very special to me. So that's, uh, that's really cool that you have that Jonathan. That's, uh, that's something that you got to hold on to for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely very fortunate for that. He's only uh, awesome. three years younger than I am. 
Um, so we, perfect. I think that's probably like, that's like the perfect, you know, age yes. to like still be like close friends, I think. No, absolutely. That's uh, that's what we were shooting for with our kids. We got a little bit off by by a uh, by a year, but uh, close enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. I I think there is something to that that age range for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys get into like you know through telling stories to each other and everything? Is that how you got into like scary stories and the the realm of the paranormal and the weirder stuff? Um, I I think. It wasn't me and my brother, but my dad probably got us into that uh, kind of stuff. Like he's he's awesome. definitely the storyteller of the family, um, <laughs> and like we, uh, that would that was another way to entertain us. I don't. I guess maybe me and my brother were just super hard to entertain, or like we just needed constant <laughs> entertainment as kids or something. Because I just feel like I keep saying that. Um, no, that's just what kids <laughs> are, dude. <laughs> like trust uh, as as a parent right now in the thick of it with a two-year-old and a uh, five-year-old yeah constant entertainment is the name of the game <laughs> <laughs> well i mean my my dad did this you know with the greatest of ease because i mean he um would just you know crank out these random stories and just entertain us for hours um he had uh this so he, he would like, go out to you know mow the lawn uh, on the riding lawnmower and you know, of course, me and my brother would always want to like go with him. Uh, he, you know, at first was like, "No, you can't come out here. I'm, I'm mowing the lawn." But then he created this little seat, like a sidecar sort of thing, that went on the riding lawnmower, and we would sit in that, and he would tell us stories as we he was like uh, mowing the lawn. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so I mean, just like story, and he would just tell like the the randomest stories. Um, like he he was very influenced by like J.R.R. Tolkien and you know like you know fantasy stuff so i mean we we grew up on that that kind of stuff um so i mean at at a very early age we were we were hearing about like these you know like the fey stuff and like mm-hmm. um elves and dwarves and wizards and you know like all that kind of stuff so i mean i think i think it was like bred into me pretty pretty early on to to kind of like my mind to like click when you know something weird would come up that's awesome. That's really beautiful. I, I love that. I uh, growing up on fantasy stuff like that is something that I I don't hear as much as I think I, I or I thought I would when talking to people that are into the paranormal and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I def my my nana was super into King Arthur and that was like a big touch point for me of just getting into a lot of weird things and definitely lots of Tolkien and stuff. But that yeah, having that special connection of like storytelling through your family is uh, that's that's really beautiful i i'm uh I, i'm stoked to hear that like you're continuing that storytelling like that's really cool that like you you yeah. do this now through your your work your illustrations and everything do you feel like you like do you share all of your work with your family like are they are they aware of what you do on the side and everything obviously oh, your yeah. brother is your collaborator yeah. and everything but yeah so i mean i i see them pretty often i only live about two hours away from my family oh cool and That's um awesome. so I, I see them you know pretty regularly um i go up to their place and uh like i'll help out with projects and stuff around their place and um, totally. normally when i'm there i'll i'll clue them in on what I'm working on. And like, if I have like a big project or something like that, that I'm proud of and I want to show them. Um, and they're, they've always been super supportive of the stuff that I do. That's like awesome. they don't like look at me like, Oh, okay. Bigfoot. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's, I wonder that because uh, you know my parents definitely have always been super supportive and like especially on the art side and wanting to make a living doing creative things. I I cannot uh, complain at all, but definitely get some weird looks when they uh, when they go through the personal page or like my Instagram <laughs> or like the, the few times my mom's tried to listen to the podcast or something. She's like, yeah, I don't think I should do that. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. I don't say anything bad, but it's probably just weird. Like I can't, you know, like, yeah, you don't need to know what's in your son's head all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, th that's awesome. Do you like as far as when you were growing up and making stuff, do you feel like there was a moment where you started getting influenced more from like your, your peers? Like, did you find a group of people outside of your brother to make stuff with? Um, I mean, in school, no, I actually, I don't, to be honest with you, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, outside That's of my awesome. family, I, I feel like my family has probably been my number one source of inspiration especially so with, cool. with like this, with the art stuff. Um, I mean, as I got older and, uh, like I was saying before, kind of like shifted into like a filmmaking mindset, there was definitely like a group of people that I got together with who were more into that as well. Um, and then especially in college, when I went to school for film, there, there was definitely that core group of people that yeah. inspired me in that way. Um, and of course they're, you know, they're, were, they were very film people, but they were also artists in and of their, yep. themselves. So, I mean, they had different interests as well. So, I mean, to answer your question, I, I don't think so. I think, I think that's my amazing. family is probably number one. That's awesome, dude. I've wondered that, like, in addition to what I was saying earlier about just wondering about having that constant collaborator, like, if you have that built in at home, you might not have that kind of need to find it outside of, like, you know, if you have that yeah. uh, creative life fulfilled in one way, then, like, you don't really need to go find it in other places. And that's really, that, that's, uh, that's special. I think that's really cool, man. Did you, are you, I, I, you know, we had a previous conversation and touched on some of your paranormal experiences. I remember there being a ghost from a, a, uh, or, man, this was so long ago. Now I'm trying to remember if I remember there being a ghost encounter in a historical building of some sort, if, if yep. I remember right. Yeah. And so are your, are you, do you share those stories with your family as well? Like, are you telling your dad's stories now or, uh, do you, yeah. do you keep those? Yeah, things definitely. Or? Um, and I, I have told that story and I can remember it, this happened when I was in first grade. So I was, I was living in their house when it happened. Um, and I can remember coming home and telling them, that oh, I saw awesome. a ghost. I saw a ghost today, <laughs> guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the hell? Um, no, How but did yeah, they that, I, I mean, they they believe in that kind of stuff. So I mean, they That's so cool. they had to they had to be like you know yeah I guess so I guess you did you, you know, I mean you saw it so that's, that's what you amazing. saw. Dude, um, they, so cool. they've they've or my my dad's had some uh, paranormal experiences as well. So I think it's oh, cool. you know he. Like he, he wouldn't, you know, look at me and be like, Oh no, you didn't see that, you know, having no, the totally. experiences that he's had. So, um, so I think, and I think I felt safe, you know, coming home to, to say something like that. Whereas, you know, somebody else who doesn't have that sort of support system wouldn't, yeah. would never say anything, you know? 
And that's huge because being able to let it out and being taken seriously is like, you know, very important and a very like it's something that we try to be mindful with our kids in all realms. Like, you know, like whether it's them telling us they're sick or anything like and it's so right before I got on with you tonight, I was putting my kid to bed and like I laid him in bed and I got up to go find a book. And uh, we always read a couple books. He is really into Little Critter still. So we read a couple Little Critter books before we go to bed usually. And I get back in bed with him. He's like, Dad, I just saw an alien out the window. And I was like, oh, cool. What did it look like? And he's like, well, there was red and green flashing lights that just flew by the window towards the neighbor's house. And I'm like, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that, who knows what that was? And like, it was very, and like in my brain, I'm like going through all the stupid UFO podcasts I listen to. I'm like, red and green <laughs> flashing lights are totally a thing. Like that, like Christmas yeah. lights on UFOs <laughs> is a fucking thing. And then I'm like, what color lights are on planes again? And I'm like looking around his room and being like, is there something that could have reflected? Because like, he's not the type of kid that makes things up. He's very like, he's very materialistic and grounded and like very, it's really funny. Like he'll tell me I'll be joking around with him about stuff like aliens or Bigfoot. And he'd be like, dad, that no, 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 dad, no, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so like that was really funny to me. And then it was just over. He was just like, okay, read me my book, dad. I'm done with it. And like, who knows what, but like, yeah, like, it, you know, as a parent, you have like a knee jerk reaction to almost be like, you're fine. You're going to bed. Don't have bad thoughts. But then like you've stopped yeah. yourself. And you're like, no, oh, you know, who knows what you just saw? Like that's uh, my, my only like paranormal story at all has to do with Teddy, like has to do with him. Did I tell you, did we talk about this last time? I don't think so. No. Tell me. So we uh, <laughs> we live in a pretty old house and uh, it's got a bunch of issues with it and whatnot. But we we're talking to our neighbors one day about all the issues with our with our house. And Teddy at the time was probably two and he had an Amer imaginary cat friend he named TD that lived under his dresser in his bedroom. And we were like, cool, he's got an imaginary cat friend. We have a cat named Didi, so we thought it was just TD, Didi, close enough. It was an all-black cat lived under his dresser. So we were talking to the neighbor one day, and we were telling her about some stuff at the house. And she was like, oh, well, you know, TD, he, he never did anything right. And we were like, who the hell is TD? And she was like, oh, that was the nickname of the guy that owned your house before you. And we were like, oh, we've never heard him call that before. And she was like, oh, well, you know what happened to him, right? And we were like, nah. She was like, well, he, di he died in your bathroom. And Whoa. he was found for like, uh, for a few hours and all. It gave us this whole long story. And I was like, oh, shit that bathroom's connected to Teddy's room and Teddy now has an imaginary cat, which has the same nickname as the guy that died. Like that's the only Whoa. thing ever. And like, he, oh my he, God. we still ask him about it. We still like, you know, do you still see T he's like, Nope, I don't TD's gone. Not here anymore. And like, who, who knows? I love it. Like that's as much of a paranormal experience that I ever need to have, to be honest with you. Like, you know, you're done. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm good. I mean, like I, I am not uh, here. I'm yeah. Who, who knows uh, anything that happens will happen forever but uh i i really like that i have that but i like that it's through the kid like it's one of those things where it's like you you know i think kids definitely have something special with interacting with this stuff and yeah i, I, I agree like that. So, do, so you know we talked about kind of doing a little bit of something different with this interview have you told stories uh from your dad on interviews before like do you have any stories from your dad that stick out to you really good that you'd be able to tell um yeah there was um there's one called uh it's entitled the bear and the belt and Ooh. um yeah so it it takes place you know as you know he was a kid you know like in the the 60s um and his dad you know was a 
you know, he, he would take the belt out. You know, if you got, <laughs> if you got, if you got out of line, the belt came yes. out. And, um, so the, the story goes, my dad was playing down at the Creek, um, you know, well past after the time he was supposed to be back. And, um, he actually ran into a bear, a bear cub. And, okay. um, this, uh, this bear was, was injured in some way. So he, you know, kind of like made friends with it. I think he's, he said he, he fed it, you know, part of his sandwich that he had packed when he went out into the woods. Um, and, and the bear, you know, ate it. And then he realized that the bear had a, a, a big like piece of, um, like thorn or, you know, something sharp in its paw. And he, he pulled it out and, um, then the, you know, the bear took the, the food and, and ran off and then he got, roared at you know at the top of the hill you know there was mama bear oh, no. and um so he was like you know i better get out of here and um so he went back home he got home you know well after dark and his dad was pissed off at him and said you know go behind the woodshed you know it's it's time oh, to no. <laughs> it's time for the belt <laughs> so he, he took the belt out and he got you know he was about to to spank my dad and right as he raised the the belt the mama bear came out of the woods and and knocked oh. my grandfather over and stood up over top of him and roared in his face oh. like do not touch this what kid and wow. then the bear took off and needless to say my dad did not get spanked that day <laughs> and um he uh decided that that would be a, a good story to tell me <laughs> back in the day dude that's beautiful, man. I love that for so many reasons. Um, yeah, that's just so the uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start with that. But I'm just going to start here, Jonathan. One, uh, what are your feelings on synchronicities? Because uh, this the fact that you just told this story is really kind of bugging me out right now. Really? OK, I, yeah, I got to hear this. But I will tell you, um, I. I see them all the time, honestly. Like, okay. Oh, and okay. I, I feel like, and I, I think it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Okay. I think there's awesome. some sort of interconnectivity. Some, I don't know how to explain it, but totally it, it happens. Yeah. I believe in it. It happens. <laughs> that, well, good. We're going to get into, I want to ask you about some of the ones that you've experienced then for sure. But so, okay. 2020 in Delaware, I'm working for the coffee company that I do the illustrations for, right? Like I helped start that company and I was working in production at that time with them and like kind of helping out during busy season, January of 2020. We're in the roastery in Wilmington, pretty biggest city in Delaware, not like, you know, huge city, but not like there should be wildlife roaming around. We look out the window, <laughs> there's a bear walking down the, the street. Have I talked to you about this before? No. I can't remember. No. Yeah. So, so this is the... I guess this could be like one of those out of uh, place animal paranormal type situations. Cause so the bear walks down the street. We're like, what the fuck? That's a dude in a costume. We go out, cops start yelling at us to get back in the, in the building. This is a real bear. Essentially they follow this bear around the neighborhood and the city for like an hour. It finds its way back to the woods. doesn't get captured. It's just gone. Delaware is not supposed to have any bear populations. Whoa. We're not supposed to like, it's just not supposed to be here. You know, it's just a really freak thing. And then two months later, COVID and the pandemic happened. And I didn't really think about it until way after. But then I'm like, oh, shit, there's all those stories of like out of place 
animals that were kind of like harbingers of bad things coming and stuff like that, like the black dogs in England and things along oh, those lines. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that was one of those things. But then I hadn't talked about this story in forever. And it came up randomly when I was doing an interview with uh, Josh Cutchin the other day. And I, I can't remember how it came up, but it just randomly came up. And then um, I'm doing that comic with Rob Christopherson, excuse me, Rob Christopherson of Our Strange Skies called Welcome UFO People. And we were just on the Astonishing Legends um, uh, Patreon episode yesterday. Their head researcher, Tess, is from Delaware doesn't know that I'm from Delaware. She starts out the whole show telling them about the coffee company I work for, not knowing that I work for them and do all the illustrations, Tells mentions Delaware and mentions the bear sighting and all of this without knowing any of my connection to any of it. And then it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm out by And so that whole episode is me being like, yeah, so I do all the artwork for the company she just mentioned. And that bear was like one of the biggest out of place animal weird things that's happened in my life. And so it's just so funny. So that all happens. And then, um, essentially I had like two or three other weird, just like bear things pop up that shouldn't have. And then just, it's just so funny. Like I just randomly, when you mentioned that your dad had other paranormal experiences and stories, I just wrote down like, ask, ask what stories dad has. And then for you to pick <laughs> the one with the bear just really stuck out to me. And yeah, I love synchronicities because you know, who knows there's no like real uh, breadcrumb trail to follow there but it's just so funny that that just is a theme that keeps popping up without me prompting it <laughs> that, is, that um, is really cool yeah i love it and but yeah so anyway one the story is amazing like the idea of sharing a sandwich with a bear and like pouring pulling a thorn out of its paw and stuff is some of my favorite like I love hearing stuff like that, like hearing of those those instances where kids are like, you know, hanging out with bears for a couple of days when they're lost in the woods and they just come back like, yeah, we chilled with the bear for a few days at school. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a wild story. That's a wild one. That's on, that's from North Carolina, too, isn't it? Is I think it is. I'm pretty sure that's it. I get all that stuff mixed up, man. I'm really bad at uh, keeping those things, especially because that's all part of that 411 stuff. And. To be honest, I've never read any of it, and all the people that have covered it, it's just always like such an amalgamation of stories. I have trouble keeping which one happens where and like, right, you know. yeah. That's, yeah, that one. But yeah, that one is like a like a missing kid, like he went missing for like three days or something like that in um, in North Carolina, and then the day that they found him, he said that they they were like it was like thirty below or or not thirty below. Like, I mean, it was super cold out. Um, yeah. There's no way he would have survived. Like, how did how did he survive? And they, when they asked him, like, what he was doing, he he said he was a bear, you know, <laughs> took care of him for three days. And a lot of people think that that's Bigfoot related, like, because a bear's not going to take care of a little kid. Like, a bear's going to eat a kid, yeah. probably, like, if if it anything, you know. So, it, I mean, they, that's they uh, eat their own kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's pretty wild. I I like that story. I think it's pretty cool. I love, yeah, no, either way, whether it's bear or Bigfoot, either one's magical. If it's magic bear that does not eat kid and keeps it warm for three days and like, I'm fine with that too. Or if it's Bigfoot, then that's even better. Like I, I think both of those can be like super, super magical in different ways. Um, but yeah, so synchronicities, that's something I don't think we've ever really talked about. Here's a question I love to ask artists. Do you find 
more synchronicities when you're like really into a, a project you're working on like do do things happen more for you or do you do you tend to notice them more do you think um i don't know that it, i don't know that it, i would notice them more uh, i guess it depends on what the synchronicity is um yeah that's and fair. and right now yeah nothing nothing's really coming to mind right now you know art wise synchronicity wise um oh that's that's fair it's one of those things that i just ask all the time because people have such a varied uh a wide array of answers so do you what do you think yeah so so i definitely less so on excuse me less so on like client work and stuff but like my personal work like i was saying i find a lot where i'll just be like I'm going to pick this random, so it happened the other day. Um, there's this guy, Dr. Jack Hunter, that has been on a VOOC uh, Tracing Owls podcast recently and had so, like, he's kind of like a Jeffrey Kripal. He's a PhD, like, uh, I think he's a religious studies professor, if I remember right, if I, if, if, I can't remember, but he's a professor and uh, he's, he does a lot of, like, comparisons of religions and stuff. And I wrote down, like, probably eight quotes from this episode being like these are all beautiful and i'm going to use these and everything right so i start doing a drawing the morning of my interview with josh cutchin and i finish it and i'm like i'm going to use this this dr jack hunter quote and then like five minutes into my interview he uh josh cutchin used the same quote and he's like oh i work with dr jack hunter and i'm like oh (laughs) this is really funny so i've noticed things like that like it's never it's it always seems to be like when it's interacting with other people like it's never you know what i mean like it always seems to be like i do something and then something else is interacting with it and that's Mm -hmm. always yeah it's never because i definitely have had those other synchronicity strands where it's just kind of like like the bear thing where i'm like seeing bears and people are telling me about bears way more but like i I have these smaller ones on a day-to-day basis that is do seem to be more based around like what i'm working on but that could all be uh what's that cognitive bias or whatever the <laughs> that you're looking for it more so it's just appearing but yeah have you ever gotten into like a stories of hyperstitions and like fictions becoming real and stuff like that i mean i think that's a really really cool concept but no like do you have an example of, yeah, of a story so my favorite so my favorite example, are you familiar with uh, Bernie Wrightson, the comic book artist? He did like a bunch of Swamp Thing, was the first yeah. artist on Conan oh, yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, um, So Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Kripal in his book Mutants and Mystics uh, documented all of his experiences and they are fucking crazy. And I'm pretty sure he got these files from Jacques Vallée who documented them originally, if I remember the story right. It's been a while since I read this book. But essentially, there's two big ones that he um, references, and it's when he's working on Conan, and he's working on, like, insane Marvel deadlines, right? And I think he's he's British, right? He's in London or somewhere uh, over there in England. And uh, he's working at his drawing table in his studio. And the first one, is he's working real hard, and he just remembers the paper he's working on disappears and then the drawing table disappears and then he falls like forward into the drawing table into the studio that he's working in but he doesn't recognize the people that are now in the studio or like the conversation going on 
he wakes up like seven hours later and he's like oh fuck i must have been exhausted i must just be working too hard you know like that was crazy weird dream but then like a year later all of the stuff he saw in that experience came true like he saw those people in his studio the whole conversation happened deja vu totally and like it completely so after that experience he had two or three other ones where it was more like the craziest one if i remember right he was looking at the wastebasket next to his drawing table and he fell into the wastebasket and essentially he like interacted with the cosmos who told him that like consciousness is not located in the human mind it's something we're all tapping into and we're all part of the same thing and like all of this kind of like panpsychist and like monism like very big philosophy philosophy stuff and he comes back and he's like a changed person like he just is like that's when he actually started working on swamp thing and stuff like that like he completely changed the style and like he is a completely different person so there's stories like that that i love and those are kind of like you know just those like really weird you're touching something and like kind of almost like psychedelic experiences through creativity which is really or paranormal experiences that, through creativity. that is that is pretty cool and that actually does remind me of um i don't know if you know uh, this story or not it's it's been on um i think i heard it first from uh timothy renner on uh strange familiars mm-hmm. where about the shadow do you know about the shadow and like, that was the, the next one i was going to talk about yeah yes, see yes, uh, go yeah, ahead like, go ahead yes so um the creator of the shadow you what is his, i can't remember what his name is now walter b gibson is the writer yeah yeah no it is walter gibson that's the guy who had the experience too yeah. the writer yeah exactly yeah. sorry because um, that's in one of keel's books too but yeah go ahead right but yeah like so he would spend i mean he was like a very you know he was into it like i mean every single day you know just pouring himself into this character the shadow and like creating this whole world and mythos around this character and um you know you know, just pumping out books. I can't remember how many, but it's like a, a so crazy many. amount of books, you know, shadow book, shadow book, shadow book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then evidently, you know, after his death in this same room, uh, where he created all of these stories, people have seen an apparition of basically, you know, what he describes as the shadow, you know, a guy, you know, with the cape Absolutely. and you know the, the long, the big hat and the scarf, and, um, yep. that's just, it's just wild to think that maybe he was sitting there and just pouring himself into it so much that it was like, like it created something like he yes. manifested this, this character out of thin air. Like that's, that's no, wild. I, I love that story so much. Me too, dude. So that was exactly, I have goosebumps cause that's exactly the story I was going to go into after that one. So that's, uh, yeah. that's absolutely yeah. perfect, man. Um, yeah. And uh, have you gotten into any of those accounts of like people in uh, running into like Muppets in real lives or like the Muppets that have just, into just through the, <laughs> just through Kryptonaut dudes, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Totally. That's pretty much where, 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 but those things like that shit is some of my favorite too. Like, I love the idea of um, essentially like the world mythology being real and like being able to like, you know, essentially become corporeal like i think that's such a cool Mm -hmm. idea and something that like one of my favorite one of the reasons i love dudes like um that are a little bit more in the lines of like the spiritual or the religious comparison comparisons or the spirit that i'm 
having trouble talking right now <laughs> um, yeah. but people that are more into like the religious studies aspect of these things is because they start from a place of like this is real like whatever the experiencer is documenting they don't spend time being like oh is this a real thing is this flesh and blood is this nuts and they're like right. no fuck it it's real let's start there and then let's see what it means like who cares about the mechanism let's figure out what this means for people that are experiencing it and that's like dr jeffrey kripal is one of my favorite because he he uh, uses that lens but then he applies it through like comic books and all kinds of fun like fictional stuff that like is probably more real than we give it credit for <laughs> no that's that's definitely interesting and i i also i feel like if you've done this kind of stuff long enough and like thought about it long enough you almost kind of come back to a spiritual area as well like you can start out like i feel i hear this all the time on pod i, I listen to so many podcasts but I feel like they they always they start out, you know, this is a flesh and blood creature. And then, you know, 400 episodes in, they're like, well, I don't know, but there's something weird going on here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's so, so I mean, true, it, it, it's just like a it's a natural progression. I think, you know, you go from, you know, starting out in one thing and then you you almost have to like go to somewhere spiritual or, you know, paranormal or like and it's. It happens all the time. It's it's my favorite part, dude, because I feel like it's kind of, and again, this is looking at a mechanism, but I feel like it's kind of part of the purpose of the paranormal is to change your worldview and make you look at things a little bit more weirder and inclusive. And like, if you're, I think it was um, Mike Cleland, the, the owl dude who said that if you're talking about UFOs and paranormal and you don't get to death and consciousness within like five minutes, you're doing it wrong. And like, I think there's something, <laughs> I love I think that. there's something to that. Right. Yeah. I think there's something to it because like, really that's the meat of all this stuff is like, you know, what, what, what can you take away? And I, I don't remember how much we talked about it originally. And I've been talking about a lot more, but that's how I got like back into the paranormal stuff is via podcast but like it was right before i had kids i was like what the fuck do i say when they're like what happens after we die or like you know all these big questions yeah. i haven't thought about in a while so i started listening to like a lot of spirituality podcasts and philosophy podcasts and going back to like terrence mckenna uh, speeches and, and talks and things like that that i like really loved growing up in like high school and college when i started like smoking weed and taking psychedelics and being like yeah i, I know things now like <laughs> and then like life came and i got out of that but then i was like i guess i I should think about that stuff but getting back into the philosophy side of things led me back to the paranormal via guys like robert anton wilson and then jacques valet and then finding people's work like uh like dr Je jeffrey kripal and these people that take these uh accounts as like you know uh creative expressions of the universe almost i'm like yo that's my that's i'm in really that that's cool. what i love like that's yeah, really like, cool that's i like, like that yeah, and I, I, I think it's definitely. I mean, we we sit here and we, you know, we do we do our nine to five jobs, and then we do something weird, like we sit down yeah. and we we draw something strange and we put it out there, and then people react to it. That's exactly what's Ooh. happening, dude. I love that. No, that's I, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's the way that like. I really have been listening to a lot of people talk about paradoxical thinking recently and how important paradoxical thinking is going to become in this new world we live in and how like people really have to get more comfortable with holding two ideas that might not 
mesh really well at the same time and like that's mm-hmm. hard for people but i feel like the paranormal kind of primes you for that that whole like it does this is it's it's flesh and blood and it's not and it's like that whole duality mm-hmm. that's like at the core of a lot of this stuff it makes you think weirder which is going to be better with how fucking weird everything's getting and like i think there's 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 uh there's something to that for sure i think so too awesome. yeah yeah that, that is, that's <laughs> really cool I, I love that quote i love that quote so now I'm just going to ask, so since uh, we've talked last, I've started asking a lot of people this because of my interest in things like Joshua Cutchin's new book, The Ecology of Souls. And that is, uh, what do you think about like what happens when we die? Do you have any thoughts on, on uh, what, what, what goes on next with all this shit? Oh. <laughs> See, that's, this is what I love about you. You just, you go, you go right for the philosophical throat. Don't, you don't, you don't pussyfoot around. What happens we're, we're after you die? <laughs> no, I, I love that. Um, and actually, I I want to read that book too. Um, it's it's really cool. It's good. It's really cool. It's a so it's two giant books, but I highly recommend. Like they're easy to get through, and it reads real fast. Um, and th- yeah, there's so much for everybody. Like the f- whole second book is like the ufo book and the whole Mm -hmm. like first book is just him building the case to get to that ufo book and like relate this all through death which really spoke to me because like i was saying i came back into this stuff through like a lot of spirituality and one of the big people was ram das who is a very you know he came out of this through the psychedelic movement and like became a you know spiritual leader i guess you'd say but like his whole one of his biggest teachings was if you want to have like a spiritual breakthrough or you want to be a better person, get close to death, sign up for hospice, go sit with dying people, take care of these people that are passing to the next world because that's our job. Our, we're all just walking each other home is his like, big wow. and like, wow. and yeah. that really, yeah, right. That really stuck with me. And then when I see someone like Joshua Cutchin, essentially relating all of the same things through psychedelia to the paranormal to near-death experiences and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I think he's on to something. <laughs> so yes, I, I highly recommend reading I, I enjoyed uh, Where the Footprints End, um, yes. he and uh, Tim's book. Um, totally. And that's what I loved about it was, can you can you hear me? Oh yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, I really love that, that series of books just because they were taking all these different aspects and relating it back to Bigfoot. So if he's doing the same thing with sort of like a spirituality kind of, or in death and life after death or whatever, you know, if he's doing that same kind of stuff, I think I could definitely really get into that. Um, but sort of to get back and kind of answer your question a little bit, because honestly, I'm kind of on that same path as you were, like where you're kind of getting to that point where you're like, I need to figure this out for myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cause honestly, I don't know, man. <laughs> like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like, and uh, nobody knows. Um, so no, I'm not, I don't feel, I don't feel right too there. bad about it. Um, no, that's the only answer that's really appropriate to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do think that there's something after this though. I feel like we're building towards something though. Um, totally. What it is. I don't know. Um, like, we talked about a little bit earlier. I have seen a ghost, <laughs> so I know yep, yep. there's something going on. Um, I have friends who are mediums and they, they talk to ghosts, they talk to dead people. So, I mean, there, there's totally. something, whether, you know, whether it's just like a, um, an imprint from yourself, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a person and your journey through life, 
Um, and it, there's some sort of residual there. I don't know. Yep. Um, or if it's, you know, a totally different dimension, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that would be really cool though. You know, what would be really cool is if Ooh, yeah. it's another dimension where we get to do all the things that we want to do in this life where we're, you know, we're stuck, you know, having to, you know, we have to provide, you know, you know, food and shelter for the family and everything like that. We have yep, to, yep. we have to go to work nine to five, you know, we have to do all these things. We got to pay bills, It'd be tight if we didn't have to do any of that. And we could just yeah. focus on the projects that we want to do, Dude. you know, yes. that would be dope. I love that. <laughs> Dude. So have you listened to the newest, um, uh, strange familiars where Tim had on, he was a indigenous, Oh, I can't remember what his title was, but he was from one of the indigenous tribes of the Southwest, and he talked a lot about death and the way that his culture viewed death. Did you listen to those? I interviews? think I, I think I, I might like have a, listened to some of those. I don't think I finished them yet. The, the it might have been in the second part, but he was saying that the way, and I could, I'm going to do my best to not butcher this. Uh, I go listen to Strange Familiars for the accurate portrayal of this because <laughs> it'll be, it's worth listening to. It's uh, a very good interview. But uh, uh, he was saying that uh, his, the way that his culture sees it is the reason you want to get familiar with death is because right before you die, like those time, that time leading up to it is really important because you don't want to, you want to be uh, kind of clear-minded because whatever's in your mind and whatever you really believe in your heart at that time is what you're going to experience in the afterlife. So, like, it, if I understand or take that incorrectly, then, like, if what you just said would be the coolest and you really believe that that's what it is, when you die, that's what you get. And I love that. Like, that's one of my <laughs> hey, favorite things. Crossing right? my fingers over here. Yes, right, right, right. I, I love that question just because it's just like those those thought experiments that you kind of get out of as you get older and like i think there's not one model that's right or anything whether yeah. it's reincarnation or like you know see that's that what we want to that's me. what we want to do in our lives like we we sit and we create things and we put them out there for people hoping that you know some sort of inspiration will strike them you know they'll see it yep. and like it and you know something in their brain will click and then they'll make something totally. and that's something that yes. i love about this community you know that that we're both in right now where you Absolutely. know like we post something on instagram and then two other people create something based on that or or we hear yes. a podcast and then we're inspired to create something so i mean that that just makes me feel great to think about like what if if that's what yeah is waiting for us like i'm i'm stoked about I'm in. it yeah yes. i'm in yeah no that, that symbiotic that symbiotic relationship you were just talking about i feel all the time and like i'm so grateful to be a part of for sure and yes, it makes definitely. sense to scale that up into the uh the bigger realm you know like there's there's got to be something to that i feel like so yeah yeah I, I maybe love we that, need to man. start a cult it, or something yeah. <laughs> we're we're on the right path i feel like i, I feel like we, we got this <laughs> that's awesome um so this is always the fun part of the episode where i'm like all right so how do we go and loop it back from that and i usually just do it by saying what what are you into right now like are you reading anything are you watching anything consume like is there anything that's making you super happy right now Anything that's making me super happy. 
it doesn't have to be like consuming like it could be like you just built some cool shit or you got an awesome camping trip like what what's what's making <laughs> you, what made you uh happy in the last couple weeks here actually yeah that, that's funny that you would say that uh camping trip um because yeah me and my dad and my brother took like a you know a, a dodd boys bonding camping trip um uh, the first one that we've taken in like you know probably like over five years or something like that. Um, That's awesome. We went to uh, Natural Bridge, Virginia, and um, okay. we we had a, a camping spot that we used to go to all the time. So it was like super nostalgic, and we got to like, you know, like hang out by the campfire and make breakfast and stuff like that and just wow. talk. And it was, it, was a, it was a great time, and it definitely like gave me some life, you know? Like, yeah. you, you know, you sit and you do your, your nine-to-five job every day, and there's like, oh, man. So – to have that and to be able to like just sit and chill with family and, you know, have a, like a fun nostalgic time. Like, I mean, that's, that, that definitely gave me a shot of life that I definitely needed at this point. Dude, that's beautiful. I, I love that. And yeah, it's, it, it really speaks to, uh, it, it ties into the death conversation because the only reason to talk about all that stuff is to remember to enjoy the people and the things that make you happy right now. Like I, I yeah. really feel like that's, that's my favorite part about yeah. like whether it's the paranormal or any of this stuff, if you can take stuff away that makes you a, a kinder person and enjoy the, the people in your life more than it's all, it's all a win. So that's, that's, a beautiful place to uh to wrap this up dude i i really i love that that's probably you know it's one of those things that i you just made me think about the way that i phrased that question because i think i phrased it so much in the way of like oh are you reading any books you like but i i like i don't mean it that way and that's like one of the better answers i've gotten in a long time so i'm gonna rephrase (laughs) that for my 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 future interviews uh um, but yeah dude i think this is a perfect place to to kind of wrap this up if that's all good Uh, yeah man dude thank you so much for having me this is this is awesome this is a lot of fun absolutely and i I like i love your approach and i mean you just you don't come in and you ask like the the normal questions like you you definitely (laughs) you definitely have made me think during this entire thing and i I love that thank you awesome well i i look at it like everybody that's listening to this for the most part knows who you are and if they don't i'm going to do an intro in which i'll tell them but like i i the the guests that i have on we're all part of the same community and like i try to get something a little different out of you know and especially artists because i feel like i've been on that other side of that interview you're talking about like so frequently where it's like so what's your inspiration behind you and it's just like yeah 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 i don't (laughs) i got you but uh but yeah no so that means a lot to me coming from you thank you I'm, i'm i'm glad you enjoyed it and I'm glad we fucking made it happen after so long, man. I'm sorry know, it took yeah, so long yeah. to get back together. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we should do it again sooner than later. Like, I, I would love to check in with you. Like, one of the things I want to start doing is having, like, check-ins with the, especially the artists that I've had on because mm-hmm. I feel like we change so much depending on what projects we're working on or, like, you know, all those things. And We do. I just honestly on the selfish end i just feel way more inspired after talking to people like yourself so like the more that i get to do it the better right <laughs> yeah man yeah I'm, I'm down anytime you need me or yeah just just hit me up dude awesome well thank you so much tell people where to find anything you want them to find and how to support you um let's see uh probably the best place to find me would be instagram um 
I'm Jonathan Dodd underscore draws on Instagram and I post there pretty frequently when I'm not in a creative slump. <laughs> so um, I also have a website, uh, Jonathan Dodd Yeah, I'll link both of those. Definitely give him a follow on Instagram. It's one of my favorite accounts going on there. So it will uh, it'll brighten your day for sure. <laughs> Thanks again, Todd. No problem, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.